welcome to Raceroo Radio. My name is Ryan Painter, and outside of my family, my two biggest passions are racing and fitness. In these episodes, I like to talk about fitness ideas, stories, and concepts that can hopefully reach out to people and give them some ideas on how they can start or continue their fitness journeys. I aim to get people more active off of their phones outside and enjoying life instead of sitting inside on their couches watching TV leading unhealthy lifestyles. I will also sometimes talk about racing. Most of the time we're going to be talking about NASCAR because I love NASCAR and I've been in the industry since 2007, but sometimes we'll also talk about Formula One and maybe even some World of Outlaws or some other series. And heck, sometimes I might even throw in something that's off of those topics just because I feel like I want to talk about it. I can't wait to get into this episode, so with that being said, let's get started. Welcome to Raceroo Radio. We got a special one today. I got my brother on the line, and so we're going to re-break down some of the Phoenix stuff. We're also going to talk some World of Outlaws, and uh, we're going to hit on some of the, the CrossFit stuff that I talked about earlier this week, too. So, how you doing, Jordan? Uh, pretty good. It's kind of chilly up here in PA, but we're looking to get some uh, nice spring weather here in the next week or so. Well, 60 good. degrees will be nice. Is this going to be so, uh, first spring, or is it going to be second spring? I think <laughs> we're actually already on our third, it's, to be honest with you. I know how it uh, is. It's like, this is just the beginning of track season, so it's you get a, a nice early week or so, and then it, it turns back into winter all the way up until the end of April. Yeah, the good thing is that we're having local sprint car shows, so those are happening over the weekend, so it's not entirely dead, but it is still pretty hard on those motors. Yeah, so well, let's, let's talk about this, because uh, I saw I saw some pictures of you guys. Was it at Lincoln, where you guys were uh, playing in the mud a little bit? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the first week at Lincoln was nothing but a mud pit. I mean, we sunk probably four inches in the mud standing in the infield, and now it's all dried out, so it's like it looks like waffles through the infield because there's craters everywhere. But we had uh, the guys from Beer Hill Gang, they were uh, doing mudslides on their belly. Um, and it was just – it was a whole bunch of fun. The racing was kind of single file, but that's what you get with a really damp track. So it was uh, all in all nice to have racing back in PA. That's good. So so you've been to Lincoln. Did you go anywhere else yet or just been out to Lincoln? No, just been out to Lincoln. Um, I want to get up the port this year. Um, I might go to gro- the Grove in a, in a push truck, but other than that, it's just going to be mainly Lincoln and watching the Grove on Dirt Vision and uh, Port on Flow if I get the chance of Lincoln and them run at different times. So for obviously people up in Pennsylvania will know, but for the people who uh, don't know, uh, Pennsylvania's a big proving grounds. Uh, you got the PA Posse up there and sprint cars. So uh, what are the big races that are coming up? up in PA? Um, well, the first big race that's probably going to be here of the year is probably when the World of Outlaws come here in May. Um, the first one will be at Lincoln Speedway. I think it's May 13th. It's a Wednesday, which does kind of suck because it's a middle-of-the-week show with a rain date of Thursday, but then they go to the Grove for Friday and Saturday, um, and then they're out of here. Um, but the All-Stars will be coming in. They always put on um, a good couple shows. I think they're here three times this year. Um, well, at least at Lincoln. Um, but other than that, it's just kind of going to be your local shows for a couple weeks, um, which they usually put on some pretty good shows. But this day racing is just it's hard on the track, hard on cars. Um, we were supposed to have a night race this week, but they jumped the, the time up two hours to try and get it in because it's going to go from maybe like mid-50s tomorrow to probably 20s and a matter of an hour or so that's we get all four seasons up here so <laughs> yeah so well speaking of that um what, what's it kind of looking like at the tracks these these days with all the covid protocols is uh are they kind of back to full song or are they only letting so many people in How, how's that working so with lincoln speedway they um they're kind of on their their own of how they want to do things um they were actually in the news here a couple of times because even last year during a lot of the lockdowns, Lincoln was still running. Um, and people there, they're not elbow to elbow. I mean, they're not wearing masks, a lot of them. Some people are. But when you're at a dirt race up here, it's kind of like people are like, it's a sense of normality. Um, so a lot of people go there, but 
like with Port Royal, they're run off the state, so whatever the state says they have to do. Um, Williams Grove can kind of do their own thing. Um, they ran, I think, last year, um, but when they were told to shut down, they did. Lincoln decided that they were going to keep running because, I mean, there was no other tracks running. The World of Outlaws weren't running. The All-Stars weren't running. So a lot of out-of-town guys were coming in. They were putting on really good shows. Um, but they did do, you know, a chip protocol where you had to, you know, get your temp taken and you had to get a chip to verify that you were good to go. So that's uh, pretty much – it's been the same um, this year. Like, Lincoln was packed the first week. Um, everybody was happy to have racing back. The second week, dead um, because Port and Lincoln kind of cross paths. The Grove on the um, Dirt Vision that I was watching looked pretty packed, but uh, we'll see how it is tomorrow. Um, I think we're on week four at Lincoln. The The third week was kind of like the second week. It wasn't uh, wasn't empty, but there wasn't a whole lot of people there. So, All right. Out of Lincoln, is anyone standing out just yet? Uh, to be honest with you, it's probably going to be one of the more competitive racing years we've had. Um, Matt Campbell's in the 21, which my favorite driver, uh, Brian Monteith, he retired. Yeah, what was up uh, with that? I saw that. Uh, so there's a lot of ins and outs to that one, but uh, pretty much it was a family decision. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to get too personal onto it, um, but it was kind of a family decision. I did hear he might be back in a car a couple times this year. Um, but yeah, he, he ended up retiring, um, and Matt Campbell stepped into the 21 and I think that's great for him. He was running his own car. He was competitive in his own car. Um, so it's nice to see him in a car with money, um, behind him because I think he could be a real threat. He also runs the edge like Monty did. Um, but he's going to be a good driver to fill that shoes. Um, Kyle Moody in the 99, he was leading the points at Lincoln as of last week. Um, I don't know if that changed, but he's kind of like my new favorite driver. I was I had a really big liking for him the last couple of years, and you know he's one of the drivers that it's a family-owned team, and they do have good backing. But I just he's about our I think he's my age, maybe a little bit younger, but he's a he's a great driver. But with that, I mean there's a lot of good combinations. You have Danny Dietrich. He's always fast. No matter what track he's at, he's usually fast. Um, so, um, Tim Schaefer's in the, the Hefner car now. Um, that's going to be a great pairing. It's been a shame ever since Greg Hodnett was killed up at Susky. Um, that was like dark times, but I think, uh, Hefner found the right driver for that car. Um, so this year there's a lot of great pairings, a lot of new people in different cars, but they're going to fast cars. And so far the first couple of weeks, it's hard to determine because the tracks have been the way they've been by no means. Is it the track's fault? It's just sometimes there is a lot of moisture in the air and sometimes it's a dry day. Um, when you have these day races, but I think it's going to be one of the best competitive years along with the world of outlaws. They have five rookies this year. Um, so that'll be interesting. And a lot of them, like Aaron Reitz was one of them and he's coming from the all-stars where he won, he won three championships in a row. So that'll be really competitive there too. Probably one of the best years they're on week seven and they've had six different winners already this season. So, um, it's not like NASCAR where, you know, you do a playoff system or anything, but, um, seven different winners already is, or six different winners already is impressive. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it goes tonight, see if they get a eight or a seven. The record is, I think, eight different drivers in a row to start the season. So, Cool deal. Well, sticking with dirt, first of all, you mentioned the All-Stars earlier, and I don't know if you've heard the news, Tony Stewart got engaged. So that's my boss. Yep. So congratulations yes. to him. I'm sure he's not listening to this one now. He's a little over my pay grade. But uh, congratulations to him all the same. So while we're on the dirt subject, how excited are you for Bristol? You're the dirt guy. Tell me, um, tell me what you're thinking. Well, I'm excited for it, but I kind of was in the same agreement with Kyle Larson um, back when he spoke about it. And his opinion was at the time, um, I'm not going to quote it because I don't know his exact words, but NASCAR shouldn't be run on dirt, something like that. Um, and I completely love it with the truck race. That was great at Eldora. 
Um, I would have really loved it with Xfinity. Uh, but I think the Cup guys run way too many laps for a dirt race. It's going to be like their own concrete by the end of it. Because um, I think their last stage is like 200 laps. That's going to be nuts on a dirt track. Um, I do like the question mark we have with it. Because who knows who could win. It's you know, it's it's one of those wild card races. It's almost like a restrictor play race at this point. Um, but I, I'm excited to see it. But right now, the way the late models and... The, uh, the, uh, the, we call them thunder cars, but they're different classes down there. I, I swear, I've never seen so many cars flip down there. <laughs> they, I just saw one yeah. today. Yeah, they're flipping like crazy. And I mean, with that, going with the wild card, I mean, a 12 year old kid won in a late model um, down at Bristol. So that had to be really cool. I felt bad for him, though, because he got out of the car and stood on the roof, and there's no fans there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, nothing. Yeah. I felt bad for him, but I mean, I don't know if you've seen Austin Dillon. He won uh, six, I think they're called 604s or 605 late models. He mm-hmm. won his first feature race down there. Um, the late models are run down there. I saw Kyle Larson was fastest um, earlier tonight. But when it comes to the NASCAR side, the cup race, I'm not too sure how that's going to go. I think it's too many laps on the track. There might not even be any dirt left. <laughs> so. I... Um, <laughs> Maybe maybe that's part of the allure. It'll be uh, it'll it'll be half of it on dirt and half of it on concrete. Yeah. So I mean, they'll probably be slipping and sliding, and it might look really cool for us. I mean, if it's anything like the last couple uh, Eldora truck races, we should be in for a lot of fun. Um, because Tony perfected that. Your your boss Tony, he perfected the way that dirt needs to be, and I'm sure he was expecting. NASCAR would bring Xfinity there or even the cup guys there. The facility's big enough. Um, when you got me the tickets for Eldora uh, for the Kings Royal, man, that was an amazing atmosphere. It's great. If you guys want to see a sprint car race, this would be the place to go. Um, I love local <coughs> racing in PA, but I'm telling you, there's nothing like Eldora. It was beautiful. It was fast. It was fun. Tony, he, he spares no expense. Fireworks are insane there. Um, you're up close and personal. You feel the roar. It's just, it's like a Bristol atmosphere, to be honest with you. Um, I just wish that they would have continued to go there instead of moving to Knoxville. Um, Knoxville is a flat dirt track, and I don't believe the trucks are going to really have much grip around Knoxville. It's, it's going to be weird to see. So yeah, I wish they would have stayed at Eldora. But, I mean, the Bristol race... I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm liking that they're still running dirt. We'll see how Cup goes. I just think it's too many laps. I I can I kind of agree with you. My feeling of it is, uh, you know, I, I hope that people don't compare it to say the World of Outlaws or some of these uh, other series that were are racing in the Bristol Nationals this week, um, just because it's going to be totally different. And I think I'm going to relate it a lot to the road course uh, racing that we do. Our road course racing does not look like the Rolex guys. Uh, it's it's different than IMSA. Yeah. It's not as quite as impressive. But if you watch our road course races lately, man, it is a crap show. And that's what makes it entertaining. I mean, the last several races we've been to on road courses, we've torn more stuff up than we have at Martinsville and Bristol. And uh, I think that that's not something you see in other ra- uh, road racing series, and I think that's going to be part of it. I think it's going to be such a unique uh comparative crap show that it's going to be very entertaining and very fun um who do you have as a favorite to win at bristol um well obviously i believe with the tear that the five cars on this year with kyle larson he's got to be the heavy favorite um but that's like when you had dale earnhardt at talladega or daytona um when people knew he was that good now with him he was that good. It didn't matter if you tried to block him. He still passed you. Um, but like the years after him with Dale Jr., nobody wanted to go with him because they knew if they went with him, they might get to the front, but he was going to beat them. Um, so I feel when it comes to the Bristol race, a lot of people are going to be out to get Larson. I think you got to look for a sleeper. And, and the sleeper, I'm going to say, is not Christopher Bell, which everyone would sus- suspect. The two sleepers I have, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he's one to watch. Um, he's a good dirt guy. And Ryan Newman, um, he's he's one that 
I don't believe people are going to look for. Um, but I believe with the slow speeds we're going to have on it, I believe the way he knows how to get around a dirt track, I think he could be a sleeper for a win there. And it, I would be happy for him, especially after Daytona um, last year. It'd be real great to see him in victory lane. But that's that's the two sleepers I have for, for Bristol Dirt Race. That's but Kyle Larson, he's the favorite, along with Christopher yeah. Bell. And I would agree. Um, my opinion of it is a lot the same. I think you're going to see – a lot of those guys run up front. Um, I'd like to say Chase Briscoe would uh, would make his way to the front. I just think he's he's still finding his way with the, the higher horsepower of the cup car, and I think it's going to be so unique. And this is the problem I think we're going to see with a lot of these guys that are used to running on dirt. Um, they're used to running in these light, fast, high horsepower compared to uh, weight cars, and they're going right. to be put into these heavy stock cars that aren't going to get around quite as good. So I, this is where I'd, I'd almost think, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see Larson up front. I think you're going to see some of those regular dirt guys show some muscle. But I wouldn't be right. surprised to see somebody up there who uh, just kind of fits into the mold and isn't somebody who you'd uh, suspect. And I actually think some of these guys who, these dirt guys who may go and fall right into it, I think you're going to see somebody take them out early. Um, just somebody who can't get out of their own way, and I think it's going to be some carnage early until people really settle in. Yeah, I don't want to say any names, but probably the double zero. Well, easy there. <laughs> I've worked for them before, but you know what? <laughs> they that that driver gets a, he gets a lot of a lot of hate. So and sometimes yeah. justifiable. Yeah, I mean he does get a lot of hate, but I mean let's let's face it, being in the Cup Series is not easy. And especially, I think he's a rookie this year, is he not? Uh, it's still Quinn, isn't it? He was a rookie yeah. last year. So he was. So I mean, he's still kind of paving his way now. I, you know, from other NASCAR shows, I've heard that he gets in the way a lot. Um, you know, you're not out there to move out of the way, and this is one of the things that, you know, kind of irritates me with NASCAR because sometimes when you're at a sprint car race, you're like oh, man, would that guy just get out of the way like you're not fast? Just get out of the way. The leaders are coming. But that's a part of what makes it interesting as well. You could have a leader that has a second-and-a-half lead, but he catches lap traffic, and sometimes there's nowhere to go. They might be side-by-side side a couple laps, and that second-place car reels you in. And the leader might have the fastest car, but not when he's behind people, mm -hmm. and that's all about getting through lap traffic. I mean, we saw the other day it came up and bit Noah Gregson in the butt. He probably didn't have to go that fast around that corner because he had the race won, but it's just you never know when there's lap cars on the track what could happen. Um, so even though a lot of people bash him, I think when you really look at it, racing in the Cup Series is not easy. So we can we can all you know front seat drive it from home, but we really don't understand how it is. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on to uh... – uh, have you seen much about the SGX series? This new car that's coming out is kind of unique with this wing on it. Uh, I kind of like it. Um, I think it's going to be something completely unique. I think it's going to be different enough from NASCAR. It's not going to really seem like a competitor, but it's going to give uh, NASCAR a good push to to try to make things better, I think. NASCAR hasn't really seen any competition. So uh, what's your thoughts on the schedule that they have coming up? What's your thoughts on the car and... Uh, for the series coming up. So I did see uh, Ken Schrader tested the car. Mm -hmm. um, it looks really cool because it, it looks like a modified, but it's kind of like the NASCAR version of a modified. So I think that'll be pretty interesting. I do love the fact that it's legend drivers. I mean, I just heard Bobby Labonte is going to be running in it. That'll be cool. Um, I also heard he's still running late models, which is awesome because when these NASCAR drivers retire, or these legends retire, you don't ever hear about where they're going or what they're doing. So it was cool to hear that he's still running late models and he's going to race it. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting. They're doing a lot of short tracks, which is going to be, I mean, it's everybody's favorite because um, a lot of people move people out of the way. Um, but I think it's going to be competitive. I don't think you're going to see, you know, a lot of cars bringing up the rear. I think it's going to be competitive. I don't think it's going to compete with NASCAR. I mean, it might compete with them, maybe viewership, because a lot of people are going to want to watch this. They're going to want to see it. 
But the real question is, is it going to stick after the first couple times? Um, I know a lot of dirt people are probably going to watch it because. To be honest with you. Um, Hold up. You froze I up. Can't wait. <laughs> Back up about 10 seconds. You froze up for a sec. Oh, sorry. Um, so is it is it going to run on is it going to run on pavement? There's all? there's some pavement and some dirt. Okay. Um, well, I think a lot of dirt people will be looking into it and watching it. Um, but when it comes to, you know, is it going to stick, you know, long term? I don't think it's going to compete with NASCAR. Maybe viewership will, um, just because a lot of people are going to be interested. It's Tony Stewart. It's Ray Evernham that are leading the series. Um, but um, we just don't know if it's going to stick well after that, after the first couple times. Um, no one's really done something like this, but I think it's it's good for the sport. I think it's good for every kind of racing there is. I agree, and I think, I think like the concept of it being – uh, a lot like IROC used to be. Um, the problem with IROC when you're comparing it is IROC was only four races spread out over the course of several months. You know, this is kind of like a summer series. And uh, so I think it's it's going to be, you know, people aren't going to forget that it's going on because the races are close enough together. So okay. I think that's going to make it interesting. Um, so I, as, I, as far as sticking power... I think the first year is going to be good. We'll have to see if it sticks for the years down the road. Um, right. But I think it's going to be good Good TV. And like you said, I think early on people are going to tune in, um, especially for like Eldora and, and some of these dirt, more these more prominent races. Um, people are going to recognize tracks that they've seen before. Um, I'm not <laughs> – I love the fact that they have the, the legend drivers. I'm just a little concerned about some of the quality. Um <laughs> No offense to some of them, and I don't want to uh, pick names out, but you know, I've seen some of these guys get in a car recently, and it wasn't that good. So, um, hey, at least we'll get a grid walk, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I think it'll be a good show. Uh, so, I mean, I think that starts uh, in May or June. I think so. it's May. I think, the, it, I think they have the first one scheduled for May. And the cool deal is, I think it's on CBS, so or CBS Sports Network, one of their deals. So it'll be uh, be accessible too, which is a, uh, you know, obviously with uh, so the Outlaws and some of these other deals, you need to get online and watch them online. Um, so this will be yeah. kind of easy access for people to be able to watch. Yeah, and that that's kind of what they need. I mean, Flow Sports is. I, I mean, Flow Sports is worth it. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Flow. Flow is what the All-Stars run on. Um, Flow Sports, they, they kind of get you because it says $12 per month. And then when you sign up for it, it's $155 because you buy it for the year. You just don't know that at oh. the time. Um, so it kind of sucks in that aspect, but it's worth it. I mean, $155 and you get every sport. It's not just dirt racing. You get every sport and you can live stream it anywhere. Um anytime um dirt vision is more for your late models your outlaws um stuff like that um but when it comes down to it if you think about it when you pay admission if you would do the full season of world of outlaws you have one heck of a deal mm. if you did the full season of flow racing i mean they have lincoln they have port they have the all-stars i mean if you do a full season of that, just imagine the deal. I mean, Lincoln for a general admission is $20. So you do $20 all season. I mean, it's way under that. So um, I think it'll be interesting that it'll be another form of racing on live TV. That'll be the kicker, whether they're running Saturday nights, right? Yeah. So that'll be the kicker. Um, Xfinity racing is great. Um, I, I don't care what anybody says. Xfinity and truck is awesome. Um, if people don't watch those, they really need to because we have so many hungry drivers at Xfinity and truck, especially like John Hunter Nemechek. That was awesome to see him win and hold off Kyle Busch. I know you were talking about that. I'm not a person to believe Kyle Busch would hold up for his team, especially when the driver is trying to prove to everyone that he can win. So I got to give kudos to John Hunter Nemechek because I think he did an amazing job. Um, but Vegas was awesome, an awesome race. 
for all three series. It was great. The you know the Cup guys they fan out. Uh, I'm still I don't know how much of a fan I am with these uh, the 500 horsepower package. I'm not huge on that because I don't like the fact they can hang wide open through the corners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that kind of gets me. But for uh, an outlaw update um, right now, uh, Carson Macedo just flipped in his heat race, so that'll be uh, pretty interesting in the points. He dropped to I think seventh from DNFing last week and now this is going to be pretty interesting so but yeah i want to take a minute to back up to about two minutes ago when he was talking about flow racing so if anybody is listening at flow racing um he just gave you a really really good ad so if you're looking for sponsorship opportunities we're your people back on to that but yeah to, to, to continue to your point the xfinity package seems to be the best package the best. we have right now um yeah and the trucks are just, they always are good. It's just the, the names aren't there. And that was kind of a problem with getting rid of the big name guys. There's no incentive for them to go down. You don't learn a whole lot from the trucks anymore. Right. Um, right. And even some, somewhat to the Xfinity series. Um, but having those big name guys in there helped a whole bunch with getting eyes on it. But right. these guys, like, the, the racing tends to be very good in the truck series all the time. It doesn't seem to matter what the package is. And the Xfinity package is just great. Um, this 550 package, I mean, I understand why we run it. Um, right. Having two options, because we tried one option, and it's just, if you have one option, it's great at some places, and it's terrible at others. So, right. and that's why we have these two two deals. But I agree, like, and we this is not just me talking. I've heard it on a lot of other podcasts. Um, that, that, what helps make good racing is off throttle time. So right. if if you're exactly. in at Vegas, you know if you're in a five fifty package, you can you've seen the end cards. They go through the corner and you just see them blip it kind of a little bit. And that's mile and a half track. You should be having to lift. And yeah. uh, I touched on this and on the Phoenix breakdown this week. We put the PJ one out and I like the idea of it. It makes a lot of sense, but. It seems like we just keep doing that in the same line everywhere we go. Yeah. Like just put it on the top, yeah. put it on the top, put it on the top, put it on the top. I know at Kentucky they put one strip near the bottom the one time, but by and large it's like, oh hey, this track it worked really really well having them run the top. Let's do that everywhere. And meanwhile it's kind yeah. of like, okay, well can we can we have them run the top at one place? Can we have them run the bottom at another place? Just don't make them look all the same. Vegas was successful. Right. Don't try to make everything else into Vegas. Right and. And I want to touch on, I don't know if you know who Brent Griffin is. I'm sure you do because he was at Stuart Haas with Clint Boyer last year. Um, But he was Clint Boyer's spotter. But he said it best. And I was listening to what he had to say. The best thing he said was, put the PJ1 in the middle. Because then the guys on the bottom can get their right sides in it. The guys on the top can get their left sides in it. Then I don't want to say it evens it out, but it gives you two lines. I mean, then, you know, they'll be running through the middle when we say that. But if you put it through the middle, I feel like you give everybody a lot more option to run the bottom or run the top. You know, it gives you – you can hook it with your left side tires, and who knows, it might make you, you know, run the top amazing. Where on the bottom, you might be over-rotating the corner through the middle, but the PJ1 helps you stick. So it's all – the, the PJ one is, is a tough sensitive topic because I wasn't a believer in it because it does only work every now and then. And we get a little too over aggressive with it. But I mean, like you said, we need off throttle time and these cup guys, it just seems like they're out for a Sunday drive when they're in the five fifty package and you let off just that little smidge and you get brake train. Yeah. Um, you have to be in the draft and it, it's, it's so hard with, with that big spoiler on it, I, I just think that they should do kind of what TJ Major said, and I think they should take the Xfinity car, put the 750 horsepower motor in it, and send them on their way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Xfinity car is the best package. We know that. We've said that. And they put on heck of a race every time. And you look at Chase Briscoe, who everybody was expecting him to come in and light the world up, but the cup car is so, so far different that it's just hard to get a hold on. And I just hope that 
with Chase Briscoe having these struggles trying to switch over. Now, granted, we're getting a new car next year, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, but him trying to get a struggle in this car, it's kind of like NASCAR's like a what have you done for me lately? And if you're not doing great, you're, you're going to get the boot. I mean, I'm really pulling for Ross Chastain, but he's struggling right now. And everyone thinks he's in a top-notch equipment, but, I mean, really is he? We see Kurt Busch run good, but is, you know, getting... Well, let's let's be honest. We saw... So Kyle Larson, we know what he was at Ganassi. He went right. away for a year, and then he comes back, and we know Hendrick's top-notch equipment. They obviously won the championship last year, regardless of your feelings of that. Chase Elliott right. has been a top-five driver. Right. Larson jumps into this car, and he he's... If there's been another guy better than him consistently this year, I mean, you could make an argument for Denny. Um, but if if Larson doesn't wreck at, in the last couple laps of both of those Daytona races, I mean, he very well could be just running away with a championship lead. Yeah, the, by far he would he would probably be the uh, NASCAR point leader if he because I, I definitely feel he runs Joey Logano down on the road course. Um, makes uh, Christopher Bell look really good when Larson hit the wall. But I, I feel like if Larson doesn't do that, he runs Joey Logano down and just leaves the field on a track that he only had lap times on that time. He's, yep. I mean, I think he ran the 24-hour Rolex before, I think they said. Um, but that was his first time turning it in a stock car. Yeah. And you see what happens. So him being on a hot roll from sprint cars last year, I mean, he did sprint cars, late models. He did some midgets, ran the Chili Bowl, and he's won in everything. He had 44 sprint car wins last year, 44. So he's lighting the world on fire. He's a hot driver. And, I, I mean, honestly, I think he's my pick for NASCAR this year. And then back to Ross Chastain. Um, I mean, so on the other side of that, um, we, we see that maybe the, the Ganassi, we think of them as a top-tier team. But are they really? I mean, obviously Kyle was not this strong in the 42. Um, Kurt, yeah, I mean, he's, he's good for a one-year win kind of guy, but he was that same kind of guy at Stuart Haas. And right. I would argue that he ran better, more consistently as Stuart Haas with us the years he was there than he is now. So, um, yeah. you know, last year he, he did make a good playoff push, but other than that, he's just kind of that guy that's right around the back half of the top 10 yeah and, so I mean, we gotta give ross some that. credit here i think because he's he's in equipment that it might not be as right. good as what we thought it once was right and and that goes back to if you watch him in xfinity and truck i mean he's he's great he's always in the top 10 top five and then you put him in these cup cars and it's a huge adjustment to that and and then on top of that he was with roush last year um, when Newman was out. So he ran there, which we were under the impression is that top-notch equipment. And then uh, he's with Ganassi this year. And, like, is it top-notch equipment anymore? So it's kind of like, you know, hopefully he doesn't get the wrong end of the straw, but we'll see. Yeah, don't get me started on the Roush stuff. Like, you know my feelings <laughs> on that. I don't need to say it out for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We'll let that for a ranch. A lot of the people I worked with there, I love them to death. So we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. So um, we're going to Atlanta this weekend. So a little bit – well, let's actually back up to Phoenix and talk about what I talked about. If you watch Phoenix from the 90s, it's different than the 2000s. It's different than it is now. Um. I used to like Phoenix because uh, I like those gritty, dirty, almost like Saturday night short track kind of racetracks. I really like that. I was like, Dover's not really that, but it is unique. And I think having the horse track in the middle kind of makes it feel like a gritty, dirty little track. Uh, Darlington's old. That makes it really good. Um, Bristol, you leave there and you just feel like you need a shower. Same with Martinsville. I love those old, dirty tracks. And it's like Phoenix, they, they have just kept improving it and improving it and improving it. And it's a great facility now, man. 
and it's still one of my favorite places to go. Uh, every time I go there, I always climb the mountain there that's off of turn four, turn two. You know, since we flipped it, it's off of turn two, and that's always fun. It's really cool because from the top there, you can see the football stadium, which is ten miles away, because yeah. <laughs> it's just a valley. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Phoenix racetrack right now? Do you think they've made it better? Do you think they've made it worse? Obviously, the facilities are better. What do you think about them flipping to the backstretch? Um, well, you know, I heard a theory on this with the restarts, and um, I heard it earlier this week. The restarts are hard because three-quarters of the field still in turn three and four, um, old one and two, and – it's awesome to watch them fan out the way they do, but I mean, let's be honest. The NASCAR has a changed line from the restarts, and you can't change your line. But when they hit this restart zone, the timing of it, the leader hits the line and fans down. But you already see guys five, six, seven rows back. They're already in the back of the leader, you know, following the same line before they get to the start finish line. The guy on the outside is supposed to hold his line. So he's at an unfair advantage. So I think, really, I think for Phoenix, I really think it would be better if they just went and flipped it back to what it used to be. Um, it's a lot better the way I think it was the before. And now it's just, I don't understand why you flipped it. I think you were thinking you'd get a lot better finishes. But I don't know. I yeah. think it's... The, the interesting thing is, like, and so this, we had the same deal with Bristol where it's like you have a super unique racetrack and then you make changes to it. It's like it's already been unique, so uh, I'm not sure why you make that change. But uh, again, it's it's turned into a really really beautiful facility. But man, that's not what I like. I used to like the uh, the little Goodyear tower that came over the Cup Garage where that's at, and um, I like basically you when you're on pit road down kind of where the start finish line used to be. There was a little gate that you walked back to take tires back to Goodyear, and it was just like you were walking by fans that are in their campers. So it's not quite like that anymore. So, I don't know. It's beautiful facility. I just... It, not what I... I think the racing's still good, but if you watch races from back in the 90s, it's, it looks like two completely different... It's almost unrecognizable. So, right. And, um, and that's... A, I loved how what's one and two now is three and four. Um, but it's just... It's great that they fan out on there, but I kind of wish that they push it the wall out so they can't do the fan out. I mean, I love everybody loves the fan out, which makes it interesting. But I mean, are we going to enforce the change line rule or it's just, yeah. that's not the only thing with it. I mean, it's kind of like the same race that we'd normally seen just with the start finish line being flipped. It's just kind of, I almost, I almost wonder if they made like, uh, like they have the choose cone right now. Uh, if they put a little cone or something out in that dog leg, that um, you have to stay to the right of that on your first lap around and going into turn one if it would really create some bottlenecking because, you know, you can't fan out and then come together. you got to get through that dog leg side by side, and then, you know, you race down into to turn one, and, and it really closes up there. So, but, um, yeah, so moving yeah, on from I, that. Oh, she's got something. Go ahead. Speaking of that choose rule, how do you like that? Because I am not, I, I'm, I'm still not a fan of that, and I hate the fact that the guys sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait to see where who's going where and this and that. I, I can't stand that. I think you should have to make your decision when you're the car. You have to choose. There, there should be no, you know, ten seconds sit there or five seconds sit there. I mean it. I, I don't know. How do you feel about the choose rule? Because I'm not a huge, huge fan on that. Um, it just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I like it. Um, I don't think it's been a huge factor in a lot of the races, but I do think it gives everybody... It just gives another aspect of the race to kind of pay attention to, whereas comparison uh, before, everyone just kind of, you know, you lined up. And I feel like if you're the leader and you get a chance to pick outside or inside, I think everyone else should have a chance to decide which lane they want to go into. Um, it's just, it's an added layer of strategy, and if you run into problems, you know, you're the one who made your bed, and you get to lie in it. So I kind of like it. I don't like how everyone stacks up. I mean, I don't know what you can do about that, but it is interesting from being on pit road and listening to the spotters and 
you know, they count ahead of time. It's like, you know, you're 14th, so if we want the top, you know, we're going to count off. And as soon as you hear seven cars go to the top, you go to the bottom. You know, we're just we're just going to take the position. So you hear the spotter count. One, two, three, four, five. You get up there, take the top. Or you get seven, eight, go to the bottom. So uh, I like it. I think it's just it's just an added layer. It just gives you something else to think about, especially on these way too long stage cautions. So yeah, I, if, I agree with you. On if that. that's one thing, I would definitely change the stage caution length. It's just way too long. Especially the competition caution. I mean, I get it. I get why they do it, and I understand it. Um, like in the truck series or Xfinity, no one ever pits on that. They have a tire count. Um, so they haven't really been pitting on well, it, so why even have it? They they do pit on it a lot of times, uh, depending on you know what track it is and how tires are wearing. But it's like that's the only time. That's what I don't like about it. Uh, it's right. you know, especially it even some way in the Cup race. It's like in the uh, in the Xfinity series and Truck series. A lot of times it's like you know you have enough fuel and tire most of the time to make it to the stage. Every single time. Right. The second stage is shorter because of the caution from the first stage. And then you probably have to stop one time um, from the second stage onward. And so it takes a lot of pit strategy out of it. Um, and then the Cup Series, it's kind of the same. You know, for the first stage, you're going to have to pit one time. So you split it in half. Same with the second stage. And then third stage is you might have to pit twice. You know, three times if you're at, you know, a Darlington or something. But, right. you know... For, for a lot of the truck in the Xfinity series, you're not really having to worry about pitting under caution. So it's, you know, it kind of takes the pit crew out of it a little bit, you know. Yeah. So especially in the truck series where those things are harder to pit anyway, it's, you know, you lose seconds a lot more in the truck series because of, yeah. of how those are set up. So um, I like the stages. I, th I think they're a decent idea. But I am conflicted. I almost wish like the first stage would just be. Um, I almost wish they'd throw the caution. You know, you have three laps, so everyone line up. Once everyone's lined up, very next time everyone pits, or lead lap second time around, uh, everyone a lap down pits, and then you know rack them up. Let's go. Right. You know, and if you're a lap down, so be it. You're at the back, and if you didn't get time to line up in the spot you wanted, so be it. You know, go right. faster. So that's yeah. my take on it. But so let's go through Atlanta because uh, I'm hoping and looking into it. I think your uh, Stuart Haas guys were fast there last year. Yeah. And hoping that trend continues because I believe, and don't hold me to this because. I don't know when this is going to come out, but I believe me and Davey are going to pick Eric Almarola for this weekend. He was fast last year there, and he was doing really well at the Phoenix race, so I hope the trend continues upward. Well, I'm, I'm picking Harvick for this race. He's been fast there just about every time we go, went there. He won last year. Um, Atlanta's just been good for us lately. Uh, I think... It, we went to some tracks that historically we haven't been very good at, and everyone thinks of Harvick when we go to Phoenix, but if we're being honest, we really haven't been that strong there. We were not good at Vegas last year, um, especially in the fall. So uh, it wasn't that surprising, I don't think. Uh, a little disappointing to see that we didn't make many gains, but um, I think this is kind of where we hit our stride. We're going to start picking back up. Um, and... Uh, got my daughter in here she's playing with an ice pack so the good thing about atlanta though is it's uh tires wear off so that makes exciting racing especially pit strategy does come into play you're going to have comers and goers you're going to have people trying to short pit to stay on fresh tires and uh you're gonna they're gonna come out and be seconds faster and so gives you the opportunity to make up some time um you always have a Brad Keselowski doing the exact opposite, maybe stretching the tires when when everyone else is right. trying to short pit. Um, right. But that that makes it entertaining. Uh, I think Atlanta, after the way it's been raced the last few years, it's deserved a second date. I don't know if yeah. it'll stick with that going into next year. Uh, I really think that 
Atlanta was given a second date this year just because of COVID and all the uncertainty. And then next year they'll take it that one and Darlington's back away just because the lot, when we had them two races a year, they, they weren't doing so good. And right. so we went to one race a year and made the racing a lot more special. Uh, and so I think that that's where we stand with that. But Atlanta is just one of those tracks, like you want it to be successful because it is such a good racetrack and it's a really, really good mile and a half. They get bad taste because they are mile and a half and they're called cookie cutters and everything. But Atlanta is high quality racetrack. Um, and I want to see it succeed. So I hope the racing's really good there. Uh, but, and good. And this, this falls into the category of what, what do people want from NASCAR? Um, like NASCAR build all these mile and a half. I mean, they are different. Um, people think they're the same, but what do people want? I think we're going to get to the point where we're adding all these short tracks now. Um, we're adding all these road courses and what happened when everybody loved the mile and a half when we first did it, they built a whole bunch of mile and a half and now everyone's like, Oh, another mile and a half. And I'm afraid that's going to happen. I mean, everybody loves short track racing and the road course racing has been awesome, but I'm afraid adding more and adding more. Now, when you go to different places, it's going to be unique, but I'm afraid adding so many more is going to take the fun out of it. Yep. So I, I, I love I love Atlanta for the grittiness that it has. Um, and I think you're right. I think next year they're going to lose their second date um, that they got this year. Cause I do think, you know, COVID took a, a big part out of it because they don't go to uh, what, what's Sears point called now? Sonoma. Sonoma. They, they haven't gone to Sonoma. They didn't go to auto club this year. Auto club's getting a makeover um, becoming a short track, um, which is going to be kind of like the, the Bristol, I guess it's going to be a high bank short track, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm not really too sure how that one's going to go. I just hope we don't over overdo it. I think they were definitely in store for a change, but I'm I'm afraid they might overdo it a little bit. I I would agree with you. the The thing that um, I think is positive, especially with these uh, these road courses, is like you said, they're a little bit different. Um, and you see that in Formula One, like every race we go to in Formula One is, uh, is a road course, obviously. Um, there is, there is arguments with those because of, uh, a lot of the racetracks have been designed by the same guy and they kind of look the same and they're kind of bland, but by and large, I mean, Spa is nothing like Monza. And I think that's kind of, we, you know, the Roval at Daytona and the Roval at Charlotte are the only ones you can really say are really, really similar, I think. Um, but they're really not. Like It's like Daytona's a faster version. It's more spread out. Um, whereas the Roval at Charlotte kind of runs like a short track, I feel like. And uh, so that, that's where it becomes different. Is like the mile and a half platform was great because uh, it sat the most people in the most efficient way and it was high speeds and people like that but yeah we just kept cookie cutting um and that's what made the product so kind of disappointing is it is to a lot of the fans all the races do look similar and and so we're moving away from that but i think that we are going to be seeing unique racetracks i don't think uh the new california venue is going to look like bristol so i think i think that that's a, a benefit we have and you know, I think eventually, I think eventually we're going to go back to the um, Nashville Fairgrounds, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. Sounds like that more and more, that maybe the Nashville race was just, or the Nashville at the Speedway uh, right. is just a holding pattern to get NASCAR to Nashville for a temporary time. Um, and that yeah. one doesn't run like Bristol. I don't think. No. It's, it's very unique. Well, and I guess I'm kind of a sucker for this, but... I'm really upset that Dover lost their second date, Um, especially now that I have a camper. I mean, I I get Dover's hit or miss depending on the package you run there, but Dover's, you know, even though Pocono is kind of like our home track, we've gone to Dover our whole life. And to see them lose a race that we used to go to, we we used to go to Xfinity, and I think we went to some truck races there. Mm -hmm. But to see them lose their second day just kind of hurt my heart. And 
I know they're they're fighting right now. I'm I'm just hoping for the life of me that they don't lose their other date. Um, some people think that Dover's boring, and I, I don't know why. It's a very unique track. It's a very fun track. Um, it's almost like but, a big Bristol. Yeah, and and it's it's high speed. It's fast. It's mm-hmm. like a short track, but it's a long track. You know, it's kind of like you get the best of both worlds. I don't think people like that it's concrete, but I, I think it's awesome the way they put the rubber down and then pick it right back up on cautions and stuff. So I think there's always uniqueness to it. Um, but I just, I hate that they lost their second date. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm afraid that they, with the, the juggling of the schedules, that if Dover gets taken off completely, I mean, that'll really hurt my heart. Yeah, I think I think there's two things. With everything we're seeing with, with Nashville – the mayor uh, signing the deal to reinstate the track. There's two theories I have. Number one, um, that Nashville Super Speedway date is going to go back to Dover, and we're going to go away from the that track in a few years, uh, and then we'll go to the the fairgrounds. And the so either I think that's going to happen. Either way, I think we're going to go away from the speedway. We're going to go to the short track. But either that tra- right. that date is going to go back to Dover, and we'll have two races at Dover, or it's going to get taken away, and we're either left with one or none at Dover. And right. to be honest with you, the unfortunate thing is that Dover's racetrack is one of the few tracks that's kind of in a big market area. Everything else, like Pocono's not, it is middle middle nowhere. <laughs> a lot of these racetracks right. are middle of nowhere, so um, you see that with Chicago, uh there's still I haven't seen anything official about it being sold, but there is, you know, wealthy land in that area and so the land that the racetrack's on is valuable. So uh it's unfortunate, but you know, I think we'll just have to wait and see with that. But yeah, I, if you've listened to me at all, you know I'm not a fan. I'm already not a fan of Nashville Speedway. Uh it's just a small cookie cutter. And yeah. I love Dover. I think it's unique racing, and it's my favorite track to go to, my home track. So I'm I'm right with you. I think that uh, I think we either need to st- <laughs> we need to go back to Dover, or we just need to not go to Nashville. One or the two. Yeah. I mean, so. I've never seen the Nashville Fairgrounds, um, but that apparently is what everybody's really high on. I've also never seen Nashville Speedway, um, but I heard it's concrete. It's kind of like. I don't know if it's like, you know, a Vegas where it's kind of like a D shape. I'm not really yeah, sure. It's so imagine, imagine if you, if, uh, Las Vegas and, or no, let's, we're going to back up. Imagine if Kentucky and okay. Dover had a baby. So like, kind of, like, kind of like Iowa. No, Iowa is way better. Iowa's like okay. a big Richmond. Um, it's, it, so take the shape of Kentucky and shrink it down just a little bit, and then make it concrete. And okay. I, I've just I've been there. I've never been a fan. It's I think the racing has never been quality. It's not as good as Dover for sure. So, sure. but it's a market we need to be in. So I get it. Um, right. So we'll just have to see. I mean, maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe it'll be a great race, and people will turn out. And maybe I've been wrong before, but um, I do want to step back into Atlanta. I'm talking about these cookie cutters. Um, so one of the things I like to do at work is I like to just watch old races and then we're going to Atlanta this weekend. So I brought up a race at Atlanta from 1996, which is right before they repaved it. Um, start finish line was on the other side from what it is now. And, uh, it was just an oval one and a half mile oval. And that was such a good race. Um, it's the race that Bobby Labonte went on. And won his first race. Terry Labonte won his second championship on the same day. Um, dude, they were flying around that. It, 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 it kind of made it... It kind of looked to me like Homestead a little bit. Without progressive banking. It was right. amazing. And it's I think Atlanta right now produces great racing. But that one, if they went back to the oval shape, I would not be upset. Um, so that, I just thought that was really cool. It's, it's cool to bring up these old races and see how it was then because we all talk about how good it was then and i don't think it's the racing in itself we've talked about that before but dang man (laughs) it 
it was such a cool race. It was cool seeing those uh, older guys on there. But but let's go back to that. What you just said there that the racing is far different now from what it was back then. And this is something that I really wanted to talk about because so many people have said that NASCAR is losing its edge with the way they are racing. And even though we have our little complaints about maybe the package or the way they run, NASCAR is the most competitive it's been, you know, to date. I mean, it, you like for Vegas, for example, the leader now Larson did check out, but I mean, for, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 laps, second place is less than a second away. And third place is maybe a second or two behind him. They're on the same lap. They're all together. Um, The restarts are amazing. You look at races back in when NASCAR was in its quote-unquote heyday. Don't get me wrong, roots are amazing where they came from. NASCAR's come a long way. But when you have the leader lapping up the third or lapping the whole field, and winning because it's driver-based, I mean, let's be real. Money got people wins back in the day. The drivers were good. It was, you know, run what you brought. But we can't lie that drivers had better equipment than others, and that showed. And that still follows to this day. Drivers have better equipment. We talked about it with the Larson and the Chastain thing. And a lot of these people are dirt fans that say it, that NASCAR is falling off. But I want to point something out to people who are dirt fans that might not pay attention to this so much. Williams Grove. If they don't start on the front row, they're not winning. Unless you get Lance, Lance DeWeese on a on a straight night. Sorry about that. Um, but unless you get Lance DeWeese on a great great day, where he starts from you know sixth or seventh and and you know and it just comes to him. A lot of the races are won from the front row at Williams Grove and at Port Royal. It's follow the leader. And when you look at NASCAR, it's really not. I mean, you have comers and goers, but second place is always right there. Port Royal is a lot better. They've had a lot better races the last couple of years. But I think we did the calculations of it, I think, two years ago, me and one of the guys I go to Lincoln Speedway with. And out of all the races they had, only five races – did the winner come from off the front row? Or did I say that right? Yeah, they weren't on the front row yeah. to win the race. They came from the back, not the back of the field, but you know they might have been in the top ten, whatever, but only five races out of all the races they do all year that the winner was not on the front row at the start. So I could sit there and nitpick it and say, you know, when people say NASCAR is going worse and worse and worse, they're killing themselves. To be honest with you, NASCAR is doing better. Yeah, they're doing great things. the The package is a you know a little questionable. They're trying to play with it, but we always have to play with that to make things right. Um, but that just that has been a thing that's aggravated me because people, a lot of old school people, want to stay old school, and they don't see the new things that are coming in. And it it's just one thing that has been frustrating me. And I know you you've touched on it before, and I really agree with what you say that NASCAR has almost never been better than it is right now. Yep, the gap from first to tenth, the gap from first to twentieth, the gap from first to twenty fifth and thirtieth. It's it's closer than it ever has been. I think the racing's better than it's ever been, and we don't we literally don't have time to get into this because apparently I can only record for sixty minutes and we've got two and a half minutes left. So if you want to hear my take on that, um, go back to my podcast from uh, middle of the winter. Sometime it's titled Racing Ain't As Good. So, uh, but because of this, we're going to start wrapping this up. Um, so your pick for this weekend, say it again. The, the pick, well, me and Davey do a league that we're in. So we're picking Eric Almarola to do good. But my pick to win this weekend, I'm going to go out on limb and say Tyler Reddick. I think that's a good choice. I'm going to stick with my, my pick of Kevin Harvick. So we'll see how that goes. And, uh, Let's get out of here before we get time capped. No time for fitness today um, because we got time capped. But the CrossFit Open is going on right now. I'm about to do my second week. I got my butt kicked last week, did not finish. So uh, we'll we'll talk more about fitness stuff next week. Um, With that, you got anything else to say? Minute and a half. Nope, nope. I think uh, 
I think we're we're going to see how this week of racing goes, and I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about after Atlanta and after this week of local racing. So, thank you for signing up in that kids hot challenge. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that being said, I'm Ryan, that's Jordan, and that was also my daughter Kaylee. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Race Radio.